Whenever you guys are ready. Yeah, no, I don't know what we're doing. Who's going first? Are we just going down the line? Yeah. I need a script. <laughs> go like. Do you, know, do you know what your name is? Is that all we're doing? That's all That's all you're doing, and Scotty's going to say, come watch us uh, Saturday night here at Eastbound Park. Okay, go ahead, Nixon. Hi, I'm Jeremy Nixon. Hi, I'm Evan Woodford. I'm Zach Goss. I'm Scott Tilly. Uh, come out Saturday night and watch us at Eastbound Park. Well, those sexy lads don't get up to the three of us that we have here this evening, but thank you to Scott Tilly and those, those boys for, for kind of bringing us in. That was from 2017, I believe, when we went to Eastbound the first time we really started doing video on TCM. But welcome into TCM Live. This is episode number five. Tim Terry, Dylan Langell, and Denver Matchett here with you for uh, another great evening of racing. Gentlemen, uh, how are you guys doing? Go ahead, Denver. All right. All right. Um, I'm doing great tonight, Tim. Uh, it's hard to believe we started this a month ago. It's already been a month, but uh, I'm really excited for tonight. Uh, I'll pass the floor over to Dylan, uh, Mr. Hall of Fame Demo Dylan. How are you tonight? I'm splendid. I just got off work and I'm here to do more work, but talk some racing, which doesn't feel like work. And Tim, I'm jealous that you got to go to Sydney on the weekend and get to check out more racing. I'm sad. I was really, really missing out. Listen, Craig McKay was disappointed you weren't there. And we've got we've got that clip of that band coming up here in a bit. But uh, yeah, it was a great night, great afternoon of racing. And uh, hats off to Cody Quinn and those those guys are putting off that show 70 plus race cars. Wow. Uh, it was great to see. Uh, I think they had seven heats of, and they had cars break too. So they were over 70 cars yeah, plus SUVs. It was really great to see. So uh, excited to, uh, to see what that comes up. But uh, Greg kind of hinted at the fact that there's no more, no more demos, no more Enduros until the season starts because uh, that track gets a little bit fast with those cars when, uh, when it's slick or it's, it's dry and there's no slick. Mm. on that racetrack but it was great to see uh, a mix of folks everybody from jeff dillman down to you know guys just getting their start in racing uh so really great event at sydney speedway for the march madness enduro but uh it's been a busy week and uh denver i know you've got some news to get to but uh we're going to start with our, our tcm news of the week and uh, i know we've got some some highlights here to, to talk about but uh we'll start with the atlantic modified tour uh the atlantic modified tour releasing their schedule uh 
it, they've got a 12 race schedule, uh, plus two special exhibition events, one at the Center for Speed and one at the Speedway 660. So they've got uh, three racetracks, four races apiece on their championship schedule. Uh, the Maritime League of Legends Tour also releasing their schedule this week. Uh, they are going to Sydney Speedway uh, this season. So exciting to add that venue one more at Speedway 660 uh, for an 11 race schedule for the Maritime League of Legends Tour. All that information is over at timscorner.ca. Uh, Denver, you guys released the date for the March uh, Easter Bunny uh, demolition. Uh, you guys got to be excited for that in Miramichi. Oh my God, Tim. We have been, well, everyone knows we first announced that we were going to try a winter demolition back in, it was announced in December for January. And then we know what happened with COVID um, and things went to yellow last week. So then we, it was still uncertain when we were reading the rules. We didn't know if we had to build a roof or not to, to host an event based on the way that the government worded the rules, but uh, all worked out. We sent in the uh, proposal and we heard back 24 hours later from the folks at public safety uh, giving us the green light. So we're uh, going ahead. Easter bunny bash winter demolition, March 27th, two o'clock start. Uh, I know those guys are itching to get on the track. I've seen at least 20 some cars already confirmed and we're still almost two weeks away. So it's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be a great event. Now I, I know the question has been asked and we'll, we'll, I guess we'll nip this in the butt right now. Uh, I can't get across the border. I'm in Nova Scotia. This, this guy over here in the middle is in Nova Scotia. Uh, we can't get, to Miramichi unless there's a bubble uh at least easily unless there's a bubble I, I, we don't race cars are all about <laughs> going through tech and trying to bend rules and whatever else but uh not the time to be doing that so i, I love ihop i'm a new brunswick girl i love, <laughs> I love alpine don't you, I love don't you live there <laughs> yeah every petty race you live there right yeah yeah uh <laughs> if you see a tent in the parking lot at ihop it's it's dylan langell and, and the crew after uh, after a race at petty raceway yeah Riverglade International is coming up in in uh, the early part of the season this yep. year, so maybe that's uh, maybe that's something we need to look forward to. We can camp in the parking lot. We'll give them a call, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so right now, TCM doesn't have live coverage because we can't get there. Um, it's a matter of equipment. It's a matter of, of producers. Uh, one of the best producers in the business, Dylan, is is right beside you in the in the block, and he's going to be on the flag stand. So uh, or the driver's seat. I, I've heard stories that apparently I'm driving. Mikey, Mikey has told you that you you are in the driver's seat. Um, yeah. So that might work too. But <laughs> if we do not get up there for a live show, I've talked to Paul. I kind of chatted with you, Denver, already. Barry doesn't know it yet, but he's going to know it now. <laughs> that uh, we're working on a preview show. So regardless if we are able to get up there or not, we will have a preview show next week for the Easter Bunny demolition, winter demolition. It's B-Way Miramichi. So working on day, it won't be the Monday show. It'll be an additional show to TCM Live next week. Uh, but we will have some sort of preview show. If the bubble mysteriously opens up in the next week and a half, which it, it, there's there's talk of mid-April, mid-April's not March. So that, that's uh, kind of pushes us in, into time that we don't have. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, we will have something for you here on TCM uh, whether it is a live preview show or w whatever the case may be um, next week. But yeah, so Sydney Speedway put theirs on. Uh, we don't have video rights to uh, Sydney Speedway this year. So we don't have a video broadcast from that one, but uh, we did get some highlights and uh, congratulations to Brennan McGinnis and Kenny Snow, who won both races. Uh, by the time you run seven heats, there's a couple of cars that, you know, break down and you have those issues and uh, Kenny Snow was able to take away the win in uh, feature number two. They kind of split them up and, and boys, it wasn't really a, a traditional A main or a B main. It, it was kind of get to the lineup. We'll line you up. 
the A-Main had your Dennis Nickersons, your Richard Salters, your, your Glenn Cooks. Glenn Cook had issues. Richard Salter had issues. Uh, very intriguing race. The second one had Jeff Dillman. He got caught up in an early wreck. Uh, some really good talent. Jo- Josh Rosicki had one hell of a run in the, in the first one to come to third. Uh, but congratulations to Brennan McGinnis. Congratulations to Kenny Snow. Uh, two well-deserving winners in that one as well. So I want to congratulate them and hopefully we might we might see brennan on the show because denver we've talked about brennan before about being a uh, one of those drivers to watch we might have to get brennan on the show at some point absolutely uh brennan one of the uh probably the best street stock driver from cape breton at this time i know i've seen the car up for sale i don't know what's up with that but he had a phenomenal run anytime he goes anywhere he, i know he was up in miramichi a few years ago but uh, i just want to clear the air tim because when i saw the facebook post on saturday uh, i had to do a double take but we're talking this is not the Kenny Snow uh, from Street Stock Champion on PEI, correct? No, it is not. Obviously, bubble being closed and what have you can't get across. But yes, uh, uh, Kenny's had some some laps when it comes to Riverside and, and Sydney and uh, a few others. So it's it's like the doppelganger. It's funny because when I was doing the, the clips earlier, I had on the bottom Snow and McGinnis, and I'm thinking, okay, are we at Oyster Bed or are we at, <laughs> at Sydney Speedway? So uh, it was great to see those those two go to victory lane, but. Uh, now we, we wait for the regular season, and I, I can tell you that we have at least one schedule for sure, I would say, coming out this week. Um, there's not many schedules left to be released, um, and there's one more that I think if it's not coming in the next week, it may be on Monday on TCM Live, and we'll let you know a little bit more about that as we go uh, throughout the show. But we've got a busy show. We are live and interactive. We've, we've chatted for way too much. we got to get our first guest on here. Uh, head down to the... Uh, Head down to the Facebook page. If you are on our Facebook page, whether it's ours at Tim's Corner Motorsports, Eastbound Park, Scotia Speed World, uh, we're on Lonnie Somerville Racing, uh, Speedway 660, drop us a comment. Mr. Langell over there in the middle will uh, be fielding questions and and all the fun stuff that we have here this evening for our guests. But uh, what do you say we get this party started and invite our first guest on? We'll have Andrew Lively and uh, Curtis Collins a little bit later, but let's, uh, let's invite on our first guest of the evening, driver of the number 78, he is coming back to late model sportsman action this season at Eastbound Park. It is the driver of the number 78, Mark Get, or Mark Best. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. Thank you. I'm excited for this. I haven't caught up with you in, in a little while because I haven't been over since the bubble kind of deflated and what have you. So how's your uh, how's your winter been? Uh, the weather's not too bad this year. It's not as bad as the snow again that we had last year. But, uh, <laughs> we've got a bit of snow around, but... Um, it's starting to uh, starting to go here now. It's starting to warm up a little bit. So it's about the point where you have the race fever, right? Oh, guaranteed. My 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 car has been in the garage since probably two months now, and uh, I'm a I'm a big skidoo,er but uh, I'm not wishing for the snow at all this year. I just want the snow to melt. I saw you guys in the shop getting that car ready this weekend on your on your racing page. So uh, for those that don't know, we're watching a little bit of highlights from the 2016 championship that you won at Eastbound. Uh, we'll start at, at, at the start. How did Mark Best get his start in racing? How did you uh, how did you get the itch? Uh, I always had a love for racing, Tim. I've been watching it probably since I've been 10 years old. Um, demolition derbies. I've been demolition derbies before I got my license and stuff like that. Uh, won a couple of demo derbies. Um, I worked in Halifax Shipyard. I'm an electrician by trade, and I watched a full season at uh, Scotia Speed World. And I also got a chance to watch the uh, Atlantic Cat 250. Um, come back to Newfoundland. Um, 
my buddies were racing in Bay Roberts on a dirt oval. I used to tow their cars out there on Sunday afternoons. Um, decided that I wanted to get into myself. And at that time, Avondale Speedway opened up, and that was a dirt track. So I raced out there for a few years. Um, got rookie deer out there. And then I stepped away from it for a little while. And when Eastbound International opened up and it became a NASCAR affiliated track, well, I decided to go back and race in 2016 which was a great year for us. So you talk Bay Roberts and you talk Avondale and, and that was back in the dirt days. So when, when did you get your start in racing? When was your first race car rolled into the shop? Uh, 2004 was my first year. That's when I built my first car. Um, like I said, I got rookie year in 2004. I was out on a dirt track, which was uh, full of potholes, water and uh, a lot of bumps and grinding and stuff like that going on. But uh, that's when I first started. I raced there for probably three to four years. And like I said, then I stepped away from it for a while. And when Eastbound had a paved track and it came NASCAR affiliated, I decided to go back. Our guest is Mark Best. If you have a question for Mark, drop it in the comments or uh, give us a comment. I know there's a bunch watching on the Eastbound Park Facebook page, so I'm sure they'll have something to throw at you before the uh, – the evening's all said and done, Mark, but let's um, let's chat about the, the eastbound. Uh, the track opens up. Obviously, it was dirt. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of pavement racing over there at the time. Thunder Valley was was over there, uh, uh, over in Central, and, and now you have this, this grand racetrack open up that Patty built. Uh, what was your first impressions when you rolled into eastbound? I loved it. I mean, the pavement, you can hold your own line. You can really drive the car to your capability. And uh, I really enjoy driving on the asphalt. We saw the highlights a little bit earlier on, and I know Jerry Hayes went over there in the first couple of years. Dylan Gosby's been over, but uh, the racetrack is phenomenal. First class facility, uh, but you have to drive it a little bit different. It's, it's flat on the front straightaway because there's a drag strip there. Back yeah. straightaway is elevated 18 feet. As a race car driver, how do you how do you attack one and two going uphill, and then three and four coming coming down to, to even ground? Uh, it's a challenge. The uh, almost every corner at Eastbound is different. And like I said, uh, the back stretch is uh, elevated at eighteen feet, and you're coming out going into turn three. Uh, we've got uh, eighteen degrees of banking in, into the turns, and then you come onto the front stretch coming out of turn three in turn four, coming down the front stretch, which is flat, which they got a uh, eighth of a mile drag strip there. Uh, so it was a little bit challenging at times. Um, I've been sideways a good few times and wheeling it to keep her straight, but uh, it worked out for me. So you get started in racing and, and you get into the hobby stock division. And for those that are uh, just tuned in, and I, I know we have a lot of Scotia Speed World fans that think hobby stock, they think six cylinder race car. These are four cylinders. It would be like your your mini stock division uh, over at Eastbound, but you took a Chevrolet Cobalt. I uh, did really well with that. Um, let's talk about the the decision as to uh, why you chose that race car because it seems like on the mainland it's it's Civics, it's Neons. Those seem to be the two race cars that are are prevalent up near the front of the field. Uh, what was, what was your decision going in when, when you decided to build your hobby stock? Uh, Tim, I looked at a lot of cars, a lot of different makes when I, before I built the car. Uh, here in Newfoundland, we use a lot of salt on the roads in the wintertime. So uh, 
the cars rust out real fast. So to get a half decent cheap car, um, usually most of the time the cars are rusted out and they're really no good for nothing. You're ready for a scrapyard. So I looked for something that was solid and um, Chevy Cobalt was, was the way to go for me. And you took it to that championship. I want to ask you about the NASCAR championship in a bit, but we'll bring Dylan Langell in here because I know there's, uh, I'm sure there's some fans on the Eastbound page or some fans on the TCM page that uh, maybe want to be introduced to, to some racing at Eastbound and introduced to racing on Newfoundland. Uh, what do you got for us, Dylan? Hey, Mark. Uh, we got a question here from the TCM page. It's from Heather Richard Brown Atkinson. They wrote, hi, Mark. Have any plans coming this way if the bubble opens up, maybe a Petty or a 660? I uh, can't rule nothing like that out yet, but um, yes, I would be interested in going for sure. I'm, uh, I'm out equipped to go. It's just a matter of getting on the boat and uh, showing up. So hopefully we get all this uh, COVID stuff straightened out and we get into our Atlantic bubble again and we can make that happen. Because I, I think there was a, a trip planned. And I go back to the Rob Poirier interview we had last week because you were all set to come to Riverside at one point before they, they made that rule change with, with Hondas only, right? Yes, I was. Um, Josh Collins had invited me to to go with his team. Um, I went as far as my car was on the trailer. We were ready to go. We were packed. And uh, at the 12th hour, last minute, they made this change, and the change couldn't let me run at the track with what I was bringing. So now you got that late model sportsman, and and I I, I think that the, the rules are a little bit closer that they'll be able to uh, – to, to make it work in between the two. Dylan, is there anything else on social media that you're, that's grabbing your eye already? No, she's dry right now. We, we, we need some more questions, but, uh, but Heather and Richard wrote that that would be awesome though. If that ends up happening though, Mark. I would really look, look forward and doing something like that. It would be a, uh, something that I would really love to do. Well, I got a question for you then. What, what track in the Maritimes would you really, really like to get to first? At Riverside, I would like to go. Yeah, Riverside. I see, I see a lot of um, videos and stuff like that and follows it on Facebook. And uh, so I like Bristol, so uh, I like to go there. And I think with the high banks at Eastbound, I, I think that kind of lends itself. And plus, you've had, you know, Shane's been over here. You've had Dean over here a couple of years ago, obviously, Josh and, and Waylon and, and those guys. So you, you've got a little bit of... of hometown talent to kind of lean on there too for a couple of pointers if you do make it over to Riverside right yeah and a lot of the guys are good like that you know you can you can ask guys questions and they won't hide them they'll just tell you the way it is and uh, trying to be helpful for you so let's go back to 2016 uh the track becomes NASCAR sanctioned at Eastbound uh you are the first division two champion uh at Eastbound in the hobby stock division uh, you and Jason Grove celebrating on the front straightaway at the end of 2016. How cool was it to not only win a championship, because those are hard to win in the first place, especially with all the talent that's in that hobby stock division, but also win that championship and become a NASCAR champion in the first one, uh, really in Atlantic Canada when it comes to the NASCAR, what is now the Advanced Auto Parts Series, to, uh, to win one of those. Uh, it was hard work and dedication uh, team, but uh, I, I didn't do it all myself. It was, it was team effort. Uh, I got a lot, of, a lot of good guys around me. I got a good crew chief with me, uh, Jim King, as you know. Um, good help from my friends, my buddies, good support from my family and friends, fans. So um, it all come together and it worked out. And, and you win that championship. Just starting out in, in those first couple of years at Eastbound, everybody's trying to find their footing, trying to figure out 
you know, what they want to run, how to, how to get around that racetrack. I know there was struggles in the first couple of years of, you know, trying to, to get a couple of green flag laps in without seeing caution every five laps. Uh, what, what was it like being in that championship hunt and not only trying to, to race for wins, but also maybe in the back of your mind, racing for points. Do you race for points when you get on the racetrack? I do. I do. I, I, I try to think, uh, about best thing to do on the track at the time, not only try just to go fast, but, but try, to, try to read what everyone else is doing out there also and trying to be careful and saving your car till the end, um, just making it happen. Now you win that championship and down the road, you get a call from the Weirs to step into that number 59 car. How special was that to, to get in that car and with, with you know, Dennis having such an impact on that racetrack? It was a pure honor to uh, to get the availability to do that. You know, um, I really got to thank Sean Weir for giving me the opportunity to to drive his car. Like I said, it was it was an honor, and uh, I really liked driving it, and I enjoyed having it in Victory Lane. It was the first time the car was in Victory Lane since Dennis had it, had it there. Now it's it's a big jump from a four cylinder hobby stock up up into a sportsman car. What was the biggest? adjustment that you had to make as a driver to, to try to get that thing around the racetrack after after being in the four-cylinder and having so much success? Uh, my way of driving, I had to change my, my way of driving. You drive the hobby stock, to totally different. Um, um, the sportsman car like fuel to turn, where the hobby stock didn't like fuel to turn. So it was a big adjustment there. I found first my first few trial runs, I was... Uh, running the car a little bit too hard into the turns, which was driving me up into the banking. So I had to learn to let off in the fuel a little bit sooner to, to get around the turns faster. And clearly quick learner, you were able to get that thing into victory lane and have success with the 59. And uh, now fast forward to this year, you're, you're sitting in a new to you race car. So uh, for those that might not know that are watching on Eastbound, you have a sportsman car in the shop. What's the what's the history on that? Where did that come from? And what's the uh, what's the plan so far? How far are you along on the the preparations for that thing? Uh, the history of the car is uh, it's been a good car. It's proven that Eastbound. It was Dean Martin's old car. Uh, it was top three car all season. Every time he ran it there, um, so I'm hoping to do the same thing with it. Uh, it's in the garage for now. Um, we're just going through, double-checking things, making sure everything nut and bolt is tight. And, um, getting some paint, some decals, or sponsors and that going on. And uh, hopefully when the snow melts, we can get out and start running and getting a car set up for what I like. And it almost looks like, I, I know you released some colors and, and, and the, the 78 font and whatever on the uh, on the paint scheme that you, you're getting done. And uh, what was the inspiration behind the paint scheme? Because I see there's a little bit of green on there this year. There is a little bit of green, yeah. Um, I just searched through um, other other sportsman cars and other cars all around the, the Atlantic Canada and stuff like that. And uh, I see one there that really caught my eye, and I said, I'll go with that scheme. So uh, that's what I've done. And uh, I'm almost finished there now. We just got a few more uh, decals to put on there. Just finish it off, and uh, we'll unveil the, uh, the total package. And they can follow you along on Facebook and, and done a great job on the, on that page, starting it up here recently. Dylan, what do we have on social? Are you seeing anything on there yet? Yeah, we're getting some stuff piling in now. And thank you all for the comments and the questions for Mark. Uh, Carter Greer wrote, Mark, what is your favorite car to watch? And what is your favorite car to drive? 
My favorite car to watch, you mean? Yeah, watch. Like maybe if when you're not in the driving, uh, driving in, what's your favorite car series to watch at Eastbound? Oh, I enjoy the Sportsman series. Now, I haven't said that. Uh, the Happy Stock series is very, very entertaining also. But um, the Sportsman series is, uh, is what I like. And uh, I watch a lot of cars out there. Um, I don't have any actual favorites. They're all my favorites, to be honest with you, because they're all bow racers and so-called buddies. Um, Jason Groves, Wayne Walsh, Chess Cole, uh, Gerald Hicks, Scotty Wright, uh, Phil Fowler. Um, they're all good drivers and looking forward to getting on the track with those guys. Dylan, do you have anything else that's uh, popping up? Yeah, uh, Mark, all the Healy's from uh, Noah Healy's team say that they cannot wait to see you until May. They're they're fired up and just can't wait for racing season to kick in. Yeah, the Healy's, they're diehard racers too. Um, uh, Noah, he does real well with the band though. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to see those, those guys back at the track also. And actually, I think that was Noah and the, the dragster that we had on the uh, highlight package that we're showing on the screen as well. And uh, a couple of onboards and uh, Mike James did a great job with that highlight package. And uh, the one thing that, that I want to bring up, and you talked about those youngsters, you mentioned all those iconic names, the, the chess Coles, the, the Gerald Hicks, the Scotty Wrights, the, those guys that when you, when you think of Eastbound, you think of those names, at least in the last few years that have been the ones to beat. Uh, your Dean Martins, you know, Sh- Shane Coffin's been there a couple of times. Uh, where was he? He's coming back this year in a sportsman car. But the, the youngsters coming up and uh, you've got Sarah Thorne, you've got Owen Groves, you, you've got these youngsters really starting to make their names. Uh, for those that are coming up, and I've asked a couple of these, these drivers before on the show, you've had some experience in a late model sportsman car. You've made that leap a couple of years ago. Uh, for those that are, are just starting out in late model racing or, or looking to make that leap, what kind of advice can you give them? Uh, the advice I would give them is uh, it's, it's fun, it's fast, uh, expensive at times. <laughs> um, but those young racers at Eastbound, uh, I didn't mention, but you did, uh, Sarah Thorne and Owen Groves. Uh, those two young kids, man, they're doing great. Uh, Owen Groves, his first race out there, I think he won. And like all the, uh, all the regular guys couldn't catch him. And really, I was in the stands, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing, seeing this young guy getting out of a bando and getting into a sportsman. And all these regular guys couldn't catch him. So uh, I'm looking forward to racing with him, too. Yeah, it's going to be a stacked field when we hit the 2-4 weekend and we get to see sportsman cars in the racetrack. And hopefully with all the, the health regulations and what have you with COVID, they they allow uh, some fans in the stands and, uh, you know, us us to come over because I know Mike James has been pushing Dylan Langell and myself and Denver and, and everybody to come over. So uh, it's an easy sell for me. Uh, I've been there before. The racing's phenomenal for those that that are on the mainland. If the Atlantic bubble opens, maybe they can't go to Ontario or maybe they can't go down south and they want to see some different racing, and they want to see a first-class facility, give us a little sales pitch. Why should they make the the, the flight over to, to eastbound and into St. John's rather than, you know, going somewhere else that they might have to, to quarantine and isolate to? Just to have a look at our uh, unique track that we have there and our facility uh, is a little bit different from anywhere else. Like you, like you say, uh, 
every turn is different there. Um, you're racing uphill in the back stretch, and you're racing coming out of turn four to, to a flat surface. So uh, it's very, very entertaining at times. It's fast. Uh, it's, it's well set up. Uh, fans can see almost everything on the track from, from, the, from the seats there. Um, and just come and enjoy the rock. There's, there's lots here to enjoy. And I think the personalities, every racetrack has a personality and, and some different ones uh, throughout the pitch. You mentioned Gerald Hicks. Uh, Gerald, Gerald is great, not only with uh, the race car, but with the kids. He, he can be seen dancing on pit road when, when Mike plays the music and, and puts the music on. And uh, we had Scotty Tilly off the top of the show and uh, Patty and, and Mike and Bob, they're, they're all great. Uh, when it comes to personalities, I, I think that kind of, not only does the racing sell it, not only does the facility sell it, not only is it St. John's Newfoundland, if you've never been before, you've got to go over. Uh, I think the personalities kind of sell it too, don't you think? Yes, for sure. Well, uh, that's a known thing, but the Newfoundlanders, you know, we're very friendly and, and kind to, to people coming in and to each another, you know. And it's, it's been a blast a couple of times that, that I've been over and uh, the, the hospitality is second to none. Uh, Dylan, what do you got on social? Is, are you seeing anything else there that's uh, popping up at you? Well, here's something interesting, Mark. I don't know if you're aware of Lake Dowsett Motor Speedway in Yarmouth, way south here in Nova Scotia. But Ed LeBlanc is wondering, you know, would that be up your alley potentially of going really far away from the rock to race that sportsman someday? So, so be, before you before you get in here, Mark, Lake Dowsett, they keep talking about Lake Dowsett being on a hill. Lake Dowsett is the opposite. So instead of going uphill in one and two, you're going uphill up the front straightaway into one and two, and then going downhill into three and four. So I think if there's any elevation change in anything else, that uh, that might be a racetrack for you. Yeah, well, it's something that we're probably we would consider going, uh, like what you just said, your team is probably just a little bit different, uh, opposite from both sides, that's all, and probably drive the track the same way that I drive here at Eastbound. What else you seeing, Dylan? Oh, Greg Dow wants you to race at Sydney Speedway. Just take the ferry, right? Just uh, not not too far from North Sydney, <laughs> so you can <laughs> land in there. Um, you know, it just a lot of people are looking forward to seeing your race in the in the spring. Mark uh, Sandy Williams O'Reilly wrote, "Looking forward to cheering on Team 78." Way to go, Mark! Gould's rules, or uh, am I saying that right? You're saying it right. Gould's rules, right on. Uh, uh, Richard also wrote, and uh, Richard's commenting a lot on here, which is awesome. He wrote, every video I've seen of your facility is amazing. You've got an awesome speedway, Mark. By the way, my roommate in the military uh, was a newfie. Great times, buds. <laughs> so, hey, it's uh, we're having some fun here on, on a Monday night. But, uh, yeah, again, we're, we're taking questions on Facebook. So if you got something for Mark or anyone that's coming up here, let us know what you want to hear. And we've Another got a couple about- of Another thing about the Newfoundland hospitality, uh, as Newfoundlander, we know how to party too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I should tell this story, but I think the last time I was over there to Eastbound, and I don't even know if you know this, I got over there, I think it was a Sunday race. It was the, the Smith's Furniture race two years ago, the the, uh, the Father's Day race. And I got over there, I think at about eight, nine o'clock, Mike picked me up. We went to the racetrack and uh, we we had a couple, of, uh, a couple of drinks. And then Mike told me, he said, well, we've... Uh, we got to hang a sign over in turn one and two. And I said, okay. And I was, I was a few in, uh, that was about 1130. We got the sign hung by one o'clock in the morning. 
I think there was seven or eight of us there. I, I think Fred Arsenault was there and uh, Joey and uh, Mike was on the scissor lift, which is a scary thought to begin with. But uh, it just, just it, it's a different, it, it's a different atmosphere, but it's still race cars and the competition is second to none as well. And we talked about the hobby stock when you won that championship, but uh, those names that you mentioned earlier, Jason Groves, Wayne Walsh has been pretty much undefeated when it's come to championships the last couple of years at Eastbound. What, what are you thinking going in with this, uh, with your race car now, trying to trying to get up there and, and trying to top those big names that have been on the top of the, the table the last couple of years? It's going to be a lot of hard work, uh, Tim. Those guys are real, real fast, and they've been racing the track for, for a lot of years now, so they, they've got it figured out. I, don't, I only had one year racing the sportsman, so I still got a little bit of figuring out to do, but uh, hopefully that f- happens faster than sooner. And uh, like I say, Jason Groves and myself were the first NASCAR champions in Newfoundland in 2016. Ever since that, uh, Wayne Walsh, we seemed like he's run away with us. So uh, I'm hoping to take Wayne up to stand this year. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. It, it's going to be some battle. I, I just have a feeling between yourself and Wayne and, and Jason and, and those young guys, Owen, Owen is going to be quick. Uh, list goes on and on the, the, the Drukens, you know, there, there's all kinds of, of names over there that I could very well take it. I don't want to say Phil Fowler's name because you already said his name and I hear the, I hear the, the air kind of inflating a little bit in, in Phil's, uh, Phil's head. We kid because we care. We love Phil Fowler on the show. Um, I, I know he gets a lot of uh, pointers from Patty uh patty built the racetrack he's been around he, he's he's the he's the guy over there uh has he given you any pointers about getting around that racetrack he has yeah patty's been very helpful to me actually um he's a good guy and, and i'm glad what he done for us out there getting that facility on the go yeah Pat, patty's great uh and i'm sure he's watching so i want to say hello to him and, and looking forward to getting over hey pat uh, in 2021 and i know our schedules aren't, aren't finalized over here yet i know mike's still trying to to pull some dates together regard what happens with flights what happens with boats is is still you know waiting with this atlantic or the maritime bubble or whatever comes up but uh, we got a few more minutes with mark so if you have a question comment uh, drop it in the uh, the facebook page whether you're watching us on the eastbound page tim's corner motorsports uh lonnie somerville racing scotia speed world uh curtis collins and andrew lively waiting in the wings as well so they'll be up momentarily we also got a uh, special little announcement coming up from tcm in uh, the next couple of minutes so stay tuned for that but denver you've been quiet over there what do you got anything for mark best yeah i got a, a question for you mark i know we've talked a lot about eastbound tonight uh but there's another track over there thunder valley have you ever made the trip to thunder valley before and if you did what did you think of the facility yeah, I raced at Thunder Valley a couple of times with my hobby stock. Um, once in my old dark car, I went over there and uh, I was running really hard. Actually, I, I was catching the, the, the leader and I was looking for the most of the pavement that I could find. And when I'd done that, I actually uh, hit the lights on the backstretch, took it all out, wiped, wiped the spindle out in front of the car, uh, done a lot of damage to my car. And uh, I never went back until... Uh, not last year, year before, and I uh, finished second in both races out there. So, uh, Thunder Valley is a nice little spot. It's um, it's a banked oval, like I say. Uh, it's a little bit rougher than Avondale, but um, but it's a good little small track. It's, it's 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 real hard to pass out there, real hard. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a, it's a tight racetrack from from sitting in standing in turn one and two and, and looking down compared to to where you are at Eastbound. You get that wide open speed and. 
Uh, you get you get that thrill of, of pushing the throttle down at Thunder Valley. You really have to finesse it around that racetrack, don't you? Oh, you do so. You do so. You you you, you really really got to feather the gas at there. The the uh, the front stretch and the back stretch are very very short. Not like eastbound where they're very very long, and you can like say get into the fuel, get into the gas, and really drive the car. I think for those that are on the mainland that are watching, it's almost like you take a Sydney, a Mare machine, and, and maybe potentially a, a Scotia Speed World at times and just throw them all in a blender and say, here's a racetrack. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of what you get uh, when you get to Thunder Valley. But uh, Brad Melindy and the folks over there do a great job and uh, so, keeping, yeah. keeping that alive. And I think they've got, I don't know if they did snow drags this weekend or not, but I know I, I saw something about snow drags. They did they do snow drags in, in Gander this week and passed, yeah. Yeah, so Actually, they... Um, Actually, one of my buddies uh, won first place in all the races that he uh, racing out there. Good deal. Good deal. I, I know uh, that's that's the great thing about uh, Brad being involved, and he's got so many events going on over there, and uh, it, it's great to, to have him a, a part of this sport. And I know he was a part of our short track summit too, so I want to say hi to Brad and everybody uh, over there in Central. But uh, Dylan, we got any more uh, questions on social before we let the beast loose? And I'm hoping to get out to uh, Thunder Valley for a couple of runs this year also. Uh, Mark Austin Hiscock wrote, uh, the green on your car is not neon yellow enough. <laughs> well, it's the closest that finished on head, so that's all I can do. <laughs> I thought he was going away from the neon yellow this year, though. So can he really ask that question? I'm not sure it's a good question for him to ask because he's been green ever since I see his car out there. But uh, I think um, Austin got something else in store for that car this year. Uh, Dean Martin also wrote, and this is in reference when you're talking about Riverside, saying that like IWK, the 250 weekend would be a prime weekend for you to show up. Let's say that the Atlantic bubble reforms here soon. Uh, would you consider trying to race in Nova Scotia or New Brunswick as soon as possible or just kind of play and see how things go on the homeland? I'd love to go to Nova Scotia, especially knowing that Dean Martin's going there. We'd probably go there as teammates, to be honest with you. Knowing that I got his sister car or his brother's car or one of his cars. Okay. Anything else to see on there, Dylan? Uh, Besides just a lot of like a lot of congratulations and can't wait to see Mark and the sportsman. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for now. So you you got a lot of fans behind you, Mark. Uh, They're loving to see you get behind a sportsman car. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to hear that because uh, the fans is, is is what really draws me and gives me the drive to to go on the track. So it's uh, it's great to hear that feedback. Thank you, I appreciate it. And you're our first guest from from Newfoundland on this show. So I'll I'll ask you. I'll put you on the hot seat. If there's anybody, is there anybody that you want to hear from? If we if we we bring somebody else on in the next coming weeks, is there anybody else that we should kind of have in your hot seat? Um, Owen Groves. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We we and, we can. Uh, before we leave, King, can I or uh, Tim, can I make a shout out to my my sponsors for this year? A- absolutely. I was I was gonna go there. Who do you got in the race car? And I know Jim's off in the, uh, on the side too, right? So give it give yeah. your crew a shout out too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, sponsors now this year. I've been sponsored uh, on the dirt since I started. By Mercer's Equipment Rentals, and they're still with me. Um, sponsored by King Lifts, which is owned by Jim King, which is my crew chief, Stephanie and Jim. Hi, everybody. I, I, I enjoy the beer, Jim. 
Like, yeah, yeah, you're not looking too bad yourself there, Timmy. <laughs> Trying to. <laughs> we got uh, Barton's Automotive. They've been with me since the start of Mercer's Paving. And this year, we got some new sponsors on board, and they're including uh, TurboTech Auto, K-Max Limited, Shane Reddy Industrial, Jenkins Power, The Hayloft, Progressive Paving, Beaver Paving, MSS Electrical, Ghoul's Taxi, and last and not foremost, Nevada's Lemonade Stand. There you go. You got a lot on there and room for more, right? There is some room for some more, yeah. Yeah, this has been fun catching up with you, Mark. Is there, is there anything that, any final thoughts, anything that we never never touched on that you want to you wanna throw out there before we let you loose for the night? Yeah, I also want to uh, thank my uh, pit crew, my, my, my friends and family who were uh, backing me behind all this. My pit crew, like I said, is Jim King. He's the crew chief. He's the guy in my ears on the, on the, uh, on the set. So I'm only as good as what he's telling me to do and go where and there on the track. So, uh, Jim, thank you very much. Sean Din, pit crew, uh, Justin Ward, Stephen Guest, driver up to 84. He's a good helper also. And uh, you said a lot of other buddies who come along and help out and give a lending hand when, when they can. So uh, thanks to everyone. It's been a blast here this evening, Mark. Thank you for joining us. And I, I guess we're going to have to ring up that, uh, that youngster over there uh, in the nine car and, and put him on the hot seat next, right? Yeah, give him a shout and see what the young blood got to say, yeah? And uh, check out my, my uh, Facebook page, please. Um, it's Mark Best Team 78 Racing. And uh, just go in there and have a look and follow. And um, like I said, um, stay tuned. There's going to be updates for the car very, very soon. And get all the updates from, from Eastbound as well and what goes on. Thank you for joining us, Mark. And uh, we'll, we'll be sure to catch up sometime during the season because I'm sure there'll be a checkered flag out that window before long. I sure hope so, Tim. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you see you here on the rack during, throughout the summer. Thank we're, you. We're, we're hoping to be there. That's Mark, best driver, the number 78 car. And we look forward to seeing him at Eastbound. But uh, coming up next, we've got Curtis Collins, but we've got something special coming up here, Denver, that we kind of want to announce. We'll see if Paul can uh, get the, the icebreaker B-roll up on the screen because this is, uh, this is big. Pending a bubble and pending what, what goes on, this is coming back. Now, it might be looking a little different with social distancing, but uh, Denver, the icebreaker is coming back. I talked to Gerald Kaisley this morning. I talked to Keith McIntosh this morning, uh, Saturday, April 24th at uh, East Coast Karting, uh, presented by St. Louis Bar and Grill. Uh, you haven't been there for one yet. I know Barry's been there. We've seen some of the highlights on the screen, but uh, I know you're excited to be a part of this. Absolutely, Tim. You know, I have every year wanted to take part in this event and i've already sent a message trying to get a team for this year uh, i'll keep that a secret for now but uh, the university of new brunswick's always felt the need to uh, schedule exams for that saturday and then last year they finally didn't but uh COVID screwed that up so uh, i'm looking forward to it. it i hear so much that it's a blast barry did it and barry and doug and travis got to go have all the fun while i was sitting there writing exams so uh looking forward to uh looking forward to it now let's be honest barry was on the the track when it started to rain so yes. that that was the fun on that side but uh we have him already on the screen curtis collins is joining us and curtis you've had some experience at east coast karting haven't you yeah yeah i raced there for uh four years i think started in the novice division and uh, went up to junior karts and then made the jump to 660. 
And for those that don't know, uh, Curtis Collins, I know we have a lot of Eastbound fans watching. So uh, for those that don't know, Curtis, he is the 2019 Speedway 660 track champion and late model sportsman, Speed Weekend winner, all that fun stuff. But uh, you mentioned carts. Uh, for those that don't know Curtis Collins, how did you get your start in racing from the cart division? Uh, well, I was uh, about eight years old, hanging around down the line, Somerville's race shop. And uh, at the time, my father was uh, thick through him for Billy Somerville. Um, so I just started down there uh, messing around and come across uh, Bob Calhoun with Bob's, their Pub's Bottle Exchange. And uh, next thing you know, there was a cart sitting in my garage for my ninth birthday or eighth birthday, whatever it was, and uh, we were off to the races. And then you make the move to Speedway 660, and uh, you started in a four-cylinder car. It, it, we kind of tied this together at the very start, but uh, Mark Best, yourself, and Andrew Lively all started when you go to the stock car side in a four-cylinder car. Uh, how fun was that to get into the sharpshooter at Speedway 660 as you're starting in your stock car ladder? It was it was a big difference jumping from carts to a vehicle, obviously. There's a big size difference there. And, um, to jump up, it was nice. It was a nice change to get to some mobile track racing because I always wanted to go to the Bandolero and just kind of never made it, really. Uh, we went with the Cartway. And looking back on it now, I'm glad we did. Uh, there was a huge momentum factor through go-karts and stuff. But uh, to make the jump was nice. We had a lot of success in the uh, four-cylinder division. And, uh, yeah, it was lots of fun. We just chatted with Mark about the the competition at Eastbound in that four-cylinder division, but it's really grown in leaps and bounds as Speedway 660. At, you know, guys like Justin Cole, Luke McLaughlin, yourself have gone through that division. Uh, you know, you still got BJ Gillespie. Uh, Kyle McKinnon got his start there. Uh, talk about the competition that was in there when you were racing for wins, because there, there was a lot of really stiff names that uh, are still in there winning races or have moved up the ladder. Um, I don't know. I, I sit back and watch this about every race, mainly because Bob's in there, but, um, I sit back and watch and man, they are tight. They, uh, I don't know, honestly, if I had my car today and that division, I don't think I'd be able to keep up with them, but, uh, no, they got, there's some real good talent in there. Like you said, BJ Gillespie and Brian Suddy, also the driver. Um, I saw Caleb Burkhart move up in the street stock this year, and he deserved that. He was ready to move up. Um, like I said, there's lots of uh, lots of big names down the four cylinder division at 660. But uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know if I'd be able to keep up with them now. They seem to have their game figured out. We're here with Curtis Collins. If you're watching us on Facebook, whether it's on the Speedway 660 Facebook page. Uh, we commandeered Lonnie's page. I hope Lonnie doesn't mind. Never asked him, but it's better to ask for, for uh, forgiveness and permission. So uh, if, you, if you're watching us on there, drop us a comment for Curtis, maybe a question. Uh, Scotia Speed World, Tim's Corner Motorsports. We're still on the Eastbound page as well. So uh, if, you're, if you're joining us and this is the first time you've seen Curtis Collins, uh, welcome in. Uh, champion at Speedway 660. And I guess, Curtis, you're still the champion. We, we had a little bit of a, of a shop stop deal back in uh, January of last year. And you kind of came through where, where you were running part-time and kind of came up to that, but there was really no championship up at 660 to, to defend. So uh, you still got that champion uh, reigning champion title. So how cool is that with, with COVID and whatever else to still have that on your back? Well, uh, feels good. Yes, but it's not like we defended or anything. So it's not a big deal. Um, 
it was fun. We got as many races in as we could in the 2020 season. And like to say we ran a full season there, but uh, like you said, the COVID had it all messed up and stuff. But, um, no, we had a lot of good runs last year and branched uh, out the Teddy a little bit and just had some fun with it. And when you moved up from that sharpshooter division into the late model sports ranks, it seems like you had success, right? When you, when you got up there, uh, obviously Lonnie and, and his, uh, his boys over there have winning race cars and, you know, Randy Moore and uh, John Rankin and, and list goes on and on of, of champions that have been there before. Obviously Drew has been up there battling uh, tooth and nail with you every, every single time we hit the racetrack, as long as the border is open on that side. But uh, talk about that transition because Mark had just mentioned about his transition, trying to figure out where the throttle points were and where the fuel was and, and where you, where you left and, and when you brake compared to the slower car. So how was that transition for you? Cause it seemed like it was seamless. Yeah, it definitely wasn't seamless by any means. Um, it, it took a lot, uh, a lot of coaching from Lonnie, like you said, and, uh, Devin Snell helped me a lot. Uh, my father really helped me out where he came from racing with Billy and jumping with me. He knew all the points and the whatnots and what to do's and, um, trying not to get me into Billy's bad habits, we'll call it. Um, but no, just uh, a lot of support from those guys. And, uh, luckily, I mean, most of it's luck, like anything else in racing, it, uh, it just looks smooth at the track. We'll bring in Dylan Langell. Dylan, what's social saying? What's, uh, what's going on over there? Richard Atkinson wrote, so what's the plan for this season, young gun? Are we going to race side-by-side, or are you going to be taking pro stock racing this year? Uh, probably going to stay away from the pro stocks. Uh, my pockets ain't deep enough for that, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, it looks like you're stuck with me for another year. Um, <laughs> let's see if we get side-by-side or if you're staring at the 27's back bumper or not. But we'll, uh, we'll see. It'll be a fun year. What else you see in Dylan? Uh, that's it for now. So uh, don't be shy here. Don't be shy to Curtis here on Facebook. You can leave your comment and uh, we'll direct it to him and, uh, and talk a little racing. Uh, Curtis, I, I can't really remember. I guess you just mainly did 660 and Petty last year. Did you think about, I, I, let's put it this way. If the bubble's back open, would, would you dabble maybe in racing in Oyster Bed or maybe coming across the border to Nova Scotia? I have... Since I started racing the sportsman car, I've wanted to go race the IWK weekend. That's been the goal since day one. Um, but as you guys know, racing is expensive and uh, it's hard to make that trip across. And uh, by the time you get all the hotels booked, and we'd have to go down on, say, a Wednesday and rent the track and make sure the car is up to snuff. And, um, if we get to that point, if we get some, um, some more sponsors, um, I would love, love, love to make the trip down. I want to go back and I want to talk about that 2019 year uh, while we're while we're on the topic. We kind of saw the highlights there a moment ago uh, of Speed Weekend. Uh, let's talk about the championship first because that that was huge. Not only uh, are you trying to race guys like the old musket, you got Drew Greenlaw there. Uh, you guys are, are going at it, uh, trying to win every race, but also trying to win a championship and get enough points uh, to get that one. It ultimately came down, I think, to you and, and Richard for that title. Uh, walk us back through, what do you remember about 2019 coming down to try to win that title? I remember going into that year, uh, we, the whole team, we had a team meeting, which is basically us sitting around having some beer. Um, 
but we sat around and discussed what we were going to do for 2020 or 2019, sorry. And uh, we just decided we were going to go, go go have some fun and whatever happened, happened. And uh, about three quarters of the way through the year, we started looking into the points a little bit. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we'll push hard for this and we'll keep up on the stats. And, and uh, we just had a dream season, really. Uh, the luck was in our favor. And uh car didn't get tore up too bad. We had a couple of little, little accidents, but nothing major. And yeah, it was just a really good year for us. And we managed to prevail over Richard. Uh, it was close going into the last race and he got caught up in an early wreck and sucked really. And I mean, I felt bad because we were, we ran door to door all year. It was, uh, we, we left the rest of them in, uh, in points and it was neck and neck the whole year. It was lots of fun. And, um, I mean, if we get another point season, I'm sure, uh, sure I'm going to have to fight one again for it. Yeah, Richard's going to be one to watch. We had him on a couple of weeks ago, but I want to ask you about this paint scheme that is on our screen right now. You went from the the black and the white and the yellow to the, the throwback scheme, and uh, you parked it in Riverview Ford Lincoln Victory Lane at the end of the night on, on Speed Weekend. Not only was it the Speed Weekend victory, it was the fact that you had the the, the bullet colors on your race car. Talk about how special that was uh, to win and, and put that thing in victory lane. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had uh, we ran the 27 numbers since I started racing back in go-karts, like I said, and, and I always wanted to do something. And when we were looking into the idea, we wanted to do his old Luma, or Lumia, sorry, for Lumia. And uh, it was a white-bodied Budweiser car, and we're looking at a black-bodied race car. Like, okay, this ain't gonna work. We're gonna have to regroup and find something else. So, uh, we I did some digging and found that paint scheme there. I think it was from like 1994 or something like that. And uh, we got uh, Larry and Jessica KCP to uh, get us some decals, and over a couple beer, we uh, made her look good. And yeah, it just, it turned out flawless and uh, couldn't have been happier with the result. Obviously, it was speed weekend. We went into that hoping for a, a top five finish and the car was just stout, so can't complain. And that's one of the big wins that you gun for at 660. Obviously, you got the championship. You've got speed weekend. Is there anything else in that late model sports division that you need to win at, at, at 660 to kind of consider your, your career, your bucket list complete? I always wanted to win the firecracker and they don't have that anymore, unfortunately. So if they ever bring that back, you bet I'll be there with 110%. Um, other than that, no, speed weekend's really the big one for 660. So obviously I'd love to win it again. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but as far as that track, no, that's, that's about it. We'll just go there and maybe hit some more points. Uh, of course, I'm a race car driver. I'd love to win every race there is but that ain't gonna happen so uh, i'd like to go to uh petty and maybe win some big races up there and travel a little bit there's a 200 lap race on the schedule right now at 660 for sportsman cars uh and, and it, it's it's either on it seems like you're on one side or the other it's either too long of a race uh the gear won't last the you can serve your gear there, there's every single opinion i think i've heard in the last month or so what's your take on 200 laps well, 200 laps would be good maybe if I was running a one-to-one -one with the forward rear end, but I just run, I run second gear with the Chev, so 
my equipment's a little light for a long race like that. I'd have to basically nurse it for 175 laps and then hopefully I don't get tore up. So, um, I don't know what I'm going to do on that yet. It, uh, kind of depends on what they're going to do for tires, what they're going to do for a halfway break and what the payout's going to be at the end of it to, uh, to justify maybe destroying every bit of my car. But, but you'd be game for 200 laps. Oh, I'd be down for it. Yeah, that'd be, it'd be fun. I don't fall asleep behind the wheel. Um, yeah, I'd be for it. So, so we need a, like a Richard halfway break. Cause I, I think Richard's the oldest one still sitting in the division now. So we need like a, at least a halfway break and it needs to be longer than 10 minutes, right? Yeah. He's going to use the bathroom, probably go for a walk and maybe have a nap or something. But, um, yeah, we need a little bit of a break, let the tires cool down and maybe reset some stagger and let our tires cool and just get things back to temperature before we took off. Again. And we, we kid because we care, Richard. Uh, but may, maybe it's like a Ricky Bobby deal like we did a couple of years ago where you have 75 and then you take a break and then you run another 75 sort of, sort of deal. Maybe if they split it, yeah. yeah if we did 100 and 100, that wouldn't be too bad, honestly, because our cars would have time to heal more or less because – that's, that's a lot of strain on our motors. Our motors aren't like pro stock motors. We don't have chips and stuff. So our cars are just streaming for 200 laps. It's, it's hard on. We're here with Curtis Collins, driver of the number 27 of the Lonnie Somerville Racing Camp. If you got a question, comment, drop it down below on Facebook. Dylan, what's, what's the blaze over there now? Curtis, Carter Greer asks, who are some of your favorite guys to run side-by-side with? Uh, Richard Atkinson is probably the big one. Uh, we have so much fun running door to door. He's either running into me or I'm pinching him off. So, uh, it's all kinds of fun. Uh, Drew Greenlaw, he's, uh, he's a good guy when he can, when he can make the trip across the border. He's, uh, been itching to go. Him and his father, Drew, have been both going nuts down there trying to get up here to race. But, um, I like running against those two. Devin Snell, when he makes the jump down, I like running with them. Uh, Clark Moore and, uh, uh, Brady Creamer, he's fun to run against. Lori Cormier, uh, we've had our tips, but he's fun. I mean, we get side by side. And he he knows what he's doing on the track, so it, it makes it fun to run around. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of real good drivers out there that I don't mind. I don't mind running against anybody, really. It's it's all fun. We're all there for one reason. And, and uh, hopefully if we walk away with a smile on our face, we'll have a good day. Richard's also asking, Richard Atkinson's also asking, are you planning to run a full year, whether it's whatever you want to drive, or are you going to be planning to be at the racetrack almost every weekend in the summer? I'll either be racing or drinking, Richard, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to the Tiki Bar yet? I have not. I didn't get the invite. I've been waiting. Check my inbox every day. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's that's going to have to happen now. Uh, Dylan, anything, anything else we see on social? Well, I'll say that Richard certainly appreciates the nice words. Uh, he says he really appreciates it, loves it, says thank you, Curtis, for that. Uh, so it sounds like you guys uh, maybe are a little uh, fierce on the track, but good buddies off, which is always great to see with competitors, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's that's the way you got to have it. Um, you, there's not one driver out there that has a friend on the racetrack, but uh, everybody can be half civil off the racetrack. Um, so, I mean, me and Richard – He's usually the first person I see in the morning because he's camped across from us. So he's over there singing or drinking coffee or something, but you can hear him. And uh, we just, we have fun up there. And after the race is over, we're always at one another's campfires. 
just talking about the race or having a drink or whatever. So it's it's a family thing with racing. Another question here for you, Curtis. This comes from Ed LeBlanc, who lives in Yarmouth Way, races at Lake Dowsett Motor Speedway. I, I think he's running sportsman for the first time this year. So he wrote, any tips for a guy just jumping into a sportsman other than don't put it in the wall? That's the big one. Yeah, try not to touch the wall. That hurts. I've done it at Petty. Um, other than that, it's be patient. Really, it's, that's the big thing. These cars are really expensive nowadays. Um, patience is everything. Uh, find a line. Uh, what I did was get behind someone who has been in it for a while. Uh, just get behind them and practice during the heat race or whatever and just trace them. Follow their line, follow their steps. When you see their nose drop, hit your brakes. That's, that's the only way you really learn. Because uh, as you probably know, watching it and being in the car totally different things. So... Uh, you can just pick a pick a veteran, we'll call it, and just follow him around the track, and just don't pick up his bad habits. Is that a strategy for you in general? Do you kind of conserve a little bit, maybe in a one hundred lab sportsman race, and then turn it on towards the end, and 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 just see what you got, pretty much? Yep, yeah, pretty much. You just uh, really you just save as much as you can. Say if we were running a hundred fifty lap race, I would be on cruise control for a hundred and just ride around, and try not to get tore up and basically watch everybody else around me and watch how fast or hard they're running. And if they're using up their stuff and when it comes down to it is like, okay, my car is at 80%. I know theirs is at 60. We got 50 to go. I know I should be able to pass said many cars all to hopefully get to the front. Dylan, anything else you're seeing a blaze on social? <laughs> that was quite the little stretch right there with questions. Uh, nothing for now. So thank you, Ed. And, uh, and thank you all for piping those in. So it's great insight from you, Curtis. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'd say you look like you're in your twenties or something, maybe early thirties. So kind of like a young grizzled vet almost on the track. 21. 21. There you go. Even younger. I'll be 22 in July. So there you go. If you got any questions or comments, drop them down below. We got Andrew Lively waiting in the wings in a few moments. So, uh, keep the comments and keep the questions rolling in here for Curtis. And uh, I guess you mentioned Petty International Raceway. Uh, what would be the goal down there? Because you, you said a couple of rough runs. Luck really hasn't been on your side for the most part down there. What are you most looking forward to in 2021, maybe getting down the road? Um, I don't know. I've always, uh, there's two big races there that everybody's got their eye on. Uh, Mike Stevens being one of them. And uh, the International is the other one. That uh, I'd love to have those trophies on my shelf for sure, but it's just like I said, it comes down to money and time, and uh, it just it really comes down that I need to rent the track and go test. And because my car is set up for 660, which is less banking, a little bit straighter, like swoop corners, you go to Petty and your sharp, tight bank corners, and I just need to get used to it. and adjust the car a little bit more and do it. Denver, you've been quiet over there. What do you got for the uh, the 2019 champ? Well, I want to start. Let's go back to 2018. Curtis, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you got your first win uh, in the sportsman division on Kids Day. Um, what was it like getting that first win? Because ever since you got that first one, it's like the floodgates opened up because you've been uh, picking up quite a few wins since then. Yeah, it was awesome. It's always nice to get the first one. Um, in 2017, the rookie year, 
uh, the last race, Night of Champions, we uh, came home second that night. So that was our, our big celebration, podium, whatever, right? And uh, the next year we started off slow and we were top five just go every week and having fun with it. And then uh, we found ourselves in this position that, okay, I feel confident the car feels good and was starting on the front row and we just kind of had fun with it and ran away. And I guess it was just a birthday gift. So you look at that 2018 season, you had the championship in 2019, but you were only six points behind Drew at the end of the year in 2018. Was that uh, in the back of your mind going into that last race? Because, uh, you know, if things had played it a little differently, you could have been a back-to-back champion, maybe. It uh, Honestly, that night was the worst night of my life. Uh, I was so stressed out. I felt like thrown up all night. I, uh, yeah, it was horrible. We went into that race and I think we started third and Drew had to start at the back. So starting the green flag, we had the points race and, but I had to beat Drew by two positions and I was up first and Richard was on the outside of me and I was trying to box Drew in and run beside Richard and I messed up. And, Slipped the clutch a little bit, and Richard got around me, and then Drew and Alex both got around me. My plan backfired on me, but uh, it's all right. I mean, that was only our second year in sportsman car, so we get second place behind Drew, who's been at it for five years chasing it. So, um, yeah, I wasn't going to complain about that. We had lots of fun that year, won some races, and, and still managed to get second. And, and then we pulled off a third place in uh, our second speed weekend, so it was uh, – it was also an awesome year. I got just one more thing to throw at you uh, with the sportsman class. Is there anything you would like to see change to, uh, you know, that you think might increase car counts? And, you know, we haven't seen a last chance qualifier in New Brunswick in a while. Mind you, there's been some speed week and Mike Stevens races that have been close. But uh, is there anything you would like to see changed with the sportsman class? It's all kinds of stuff I'd love to see change, but uh, it's just money. It really is. That's what it comes down to. A lot of people can't afford to race anymore. Um, I know if I lost some of my sponsors, I'd be done. There's no way. I'd be up there in beer garden watching. Um, that's about the biggest aspect of it is, is the money. And uh, the fans aren't there anymore, I find. I don't know. I feel like if you look back to like 2009, 2010 speed weekends, you couldn't buy a seat. Like Speedway 6, 8, was full from bleacher to bleacher so was, we need to get that back we need to get more people in there and maybe some bigger advertising or something just push these cars and, and put on a, a better show because if there's people there guys are going to come and if there's people there there's going to be a bigger purse which is going to bring more drivers so. and i think lonnie kind of mentioned when we did our shop stop about the, the rivalry thing uh about trying to trying to build those and trying to put people in seats and uh, trying to trying to rekindle that, and uh, maybe that's that's something that we need to see a little bit more of. And obviously, the sharpshooters have have had a couple of rivalries back and forth. That uh, anytime you put Rick Cashel on the racetrack in the in the street stock division, there's there's usually a little bit going back and forth. But uh, maybe that's something we need to look at. But I want to ask you about Lonnie. You've been you've grown up around Lonnie Somerville Racing. What's the biggest piece of advice that Lonnie's ever given you? Uh, whether it's life or in in racing, what's the what's the biggest thing he's uh, he's ever given you advice wise? BG thirteen. Uh, we we can as long as you don't, don't the the bleep button's not not around. But no, smooth is fast. We'll say smooth is fast. 
I guess we'll go with that. That's that's e- easy. Uh, Bob Calhoun, you mentioned Bob off the top of the show. Pubs Drive Through Bottle Exchange, The Gray Owl. Uh, how big of an influence has he has he been? Because I, I know for those that don't know Bob, he's a great personality. He's great to have around. But uh, is there any stories we we can tell about Bob? Well, there's lots of stories to tell about Bob. But uh, now Bob Bob's an awesome guy. He's uh, he's been around our racing career and our race car for a long, long time. Um, he's helped Juan here for countless years before I was even around, and uh, he's just an overall great guy. He'd do anything for you. Uh, we have a lot of fun times, and we're usually always laughing when he's on. And I know he's tried to get Lonnie in the sharpshooter a couple of times. I, would you jump back in the sharpshooter if Bob offered it? Yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it just for something to do, really. It was. Uh, to go back to that would be fun. When I was in it, I was kind of obviously more serious about it because I wanted to prove myself to get to where I'm at now. Um, but if I were to go back there, yeah, it'd be totally fun. I'd go out there and beat and smash with the rest of them. Have lots of fun with it. Uh, Dylan, we got a couple of more moments left before we uh, before we let Curtis loose. Is there anything else on social that, that you're seeing? Yes, a few things pouring in here. This is a Tim question you've asked a few times, and Carter mentions it. They wrote, I've heard Tim ask this question. So, Curtis, if you're going into a corner three wide, who do you want on the inside and the outside of you? Uh, I want – I don't know. I have no idea. I'd rather be on the inside and push everybody else up. I've done that a couple times. but um, Yeah, you don't ever want to be in a three wide situation ever, anywhere. It's terrifying. I've done it at Petty and at 660 both times. I have no idea how I survived. Um, yeah, it's you're just playing with Lady Locke there. <laughs> uh, Drew Greenlaw Racing Road. With rumors of no tire softener in 2021, do you think this will make for better racing? I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think uh, the guys that use tire softener heavy, and rely on tire softener, um, they're going to bring their cars up super fast. Uh, they're going to be sliding all over the place and people with a little bit of, we'll say, tire knowledge and can conserve their car a little bit and not burn their stuff up and basically ride around and still be fast will uh, will definitely prevail at the end of the year. So maybe for, for someone who may not know what that is, Curtis, so what exactly is tire softener? Tire softener is a compound that goes on, in, or around your tires, the actual rubber part, that uh, softens the rubber. So it brings better grip, better traction, better handling. Um, some tracks have a limit, like I know uh, Shediac has a 52 or 53% or durometer reading of that number. Uh, Petty's the same way. So they, they make it so you can go to a certain point, but if you're past that, you're disqualified. Um, but I know there's a lot of guys out there that do rely on tires off, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's personally not a rule I would change. I, I use tires off me. Uh, I don't think it's uh, the difference between winning and losing, that's for sure. Uh, we use it because it, it's also a conditioner. It's not just a softener. It actually makes your tires last longer because for the sportsman drivers, you guys know the tires harden up super fast. And uh, with the softener, it actually conditions them to make them last longer. So it saves us money in the long run. 
I think that's a conversation we we could spend hours and hours on when we, we talk about it because I know Sydney had uh, the the no the no number whatsoever last year. Scotia Speed rolls a dry tire. List goes on and on. Uh, Dylan, is there anything else you're you're seeing there on social before? We, I got one more question for you, Curtis, and I know it's going to bug Lonnie, but I want to get there at the uh, the end of this one. Dylan, what do you, what do you got? No, we'll go to yours, Tim. Uh, thank you all for chiming in here for Curtis, but uh, you sound like you're eager there, buddy. What do you got for him? Uh, chrome, chrome wheels, chrome rims. Uh, nope. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so Gerald has never let you borrow the rims on his car. I've never asked. Never will. Okay. So I, we know Gerald is out there watching. So if it becomes an, uh, becomes an issue. It, it's, it's a no for you. Well, if, uh, he comes to the track with the chrome rims. You better have a black set in there because I'm bringing spray paint with me. <laughs> there, there you go. You heard it here first. And I'm, I'm sure Gerald will be in the uh, the comments there in a bit. Uh, sponsors, crew, everybody that helps you get to the racetrack every week. Who's on this 2017? Well, we've got Pubs Blahlich, James, and uh, Bob Calhoun. has been with us forever. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't be here without him. So uh, i got to thank him. Uh like I said, Larry and Jessica Somerville with uh, Kings County Performance. Uh, I got to thank them. They do all my decal work. Um, Lonnie Somerville, he, uh, he he's uh, got a half decent setup, I guess. So um, yeah, I got to thank him. Uh, Hampton Car Quest, uh, reliable windows and doors out of St. John. Um, Canadian Tire in Rosse. Uh, Steve George there, I met him two years ago now. And uh, we hit it off right away, and he's been a real great supporter, and I appreciate he, everything he does for us. Uh, Tammy Greer in Royal Page Atlantic has been a huge supporter since day one as well. Uh, Rock Industrial and r and Smokers, which is a new brand coming on the car this year. And, uh, yeah, Roger Fortune Trucking come on with us last year in Thunder Bay, Sand and Gravel. Uh, Weaver Construction jumped on board. Um, the Nina girls helped us out and the Nina girls, I'll clarify now that, uh, those were, uh, my mom's best friends. There was five of them and they claimed me after my mom passed away. So, uh, those are my five moms now. So they helped me out a little bit last year, uh, along with all kinds of other sponsors. Uh, I just can't thank them enough. And who do you got on that race car helping you out every, every single week? Cause I know you don't do it alone. No, there's no absolute way I would be able to do that alone. Uh, my father helps me at the most, probably. Uh, he's in the garage every night. If I can't be there, he's wrenching on it until I get there. So, um, yeah, I got to thank him for being the spotter and crew chief. Uh, Colin Kinney, who's my tire guy, he, uh, he makes sure this thing handles wicked with his uh, stagger adjustments and whatnot. Um, Hartley Lull, he's my deco guy. And make sure the thing looks nice and uh, like I said uh, Lonnie and Larry both helped me out and, uh, Bob occasionally and uh, yeah they my little sister I thank Haley too this has been fun catching up uh, Curtis we'll see you at the racetrack if we don't see you beforehand or at least maybe at the Tiki Bar did you get the invite yet has it been sent no not yet I've been checking my phone nothing yet no he, okay. he, he sent it on the, it was sent in the Facebook chat there <laughs> Okay, so there, there you go. The, the, the right. win invite is there, right? I'm going to the Tiki Bar. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll catch up before the, the race season begins, and, and all the best in 2021. All right, thanks, Tim. See you, Denver. See you. That's Curtis Collins, and 
Uh, we'll quickly move on to our, our next one, Denver, because this guy here has uh, also won himself a championship or two. He's been around, started in four-cylinder cars at Scotia Speed World, has worked his way up to the uh, now the late model sportsman division with a stop in the legend cars. It is driver number 15, Andrew Lively, is uh, joining us now on TCM Live. Andrew, thanks for uh, being a part of this tonight. What's going on, boys? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, you've got the brand new sportsman car to you sitting behind you. So I guess we'll I start do. right there. Uh, why the jump to late model sportsman? Uh, I guess personally, I think I just needed to change. I think I, I loved legend cars and uh, I just feel like I had to play with some, some kids my own age, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> you, you made the move up from the legend car ranks and, you know, we just had Mark Best and Curtis Collins on here. They both started in four cylinder cars as well. So I guess we'll, we'll step back and your, your progression has been uh, pretty quick. How did you get your start in racing? Uh, my, my old racing career, definitely, it started in the civics, actually. Um, we raced soapboxes growing up, um, up until the age of 13. And then we got involved in the, the old race and not till I was 27, actually. And uh, that kind of came from my brother. Um, he bought Tim Webster's car and we went up to Atlantic Championships and he did very well and we ended up picking up a second car actually through through Tim and uh, and built built the second one that winter I guess so I guess I got to thank Shane for that one. <laughs> for those that are watching us on, on Tim's Corner, whether it's the Tim's Corner Facebook page, Scotia Speed World, uh, Eastbound Park, we still got the uh, the folks from Newfoundland watching us. Speedway Six Sixty, welcome into the show. This is Andrew Lively, driver. Of the I got to get used to this number twenty five, right? It's a little different. Yeah, we had to switch. Yeah. Uh, you know, we originally had the 25, and then when we switched to a legend car, we had to switch to 15. But 15 kind of grew on me, but I'm happy to be back to 25. We uh, we always had 25 when I was a kid. It was always 25 because my cousin Tim McKay, he always ran the mass cars as 25. So uh, it was always kind of my number, and uh, I'm glad to go back to it, actually. But it, it is taking some getting used to to say 25 instead of 15, so. It's, it's been a couple of years, but if yeah. you're watching us on Facebook, whether you're on the Scotia Speed World page, Tim's Corner, wherever you're watching us from, drop us a comment, uh, maybe a question for Andrew Lively, and uh, we'll get it on the air here this evening. And uh, I want to ask you about those four-cylinder days, because we kind of talked about this during the shop stop that we, we didn't have didn't yeah. have air with the COVID and everything else that happened and what have you. The battles between you guys, and this has been a common thread tonight uh, between all of our guests, you, Merle, Dave, Stevie, uh, Tim Webster was there for, for a couple of races. You guys battling for those championships. Uh, Sean Turbo mentioned last week that his hobby stock days were, were some of his uh, most fun. What do you remember about those days battling with those boys for championships and race wins? I enjoy those days. They were a lot of fun, those cars. I mean, obviously, we didn't know a lot of cars these, in those days, I guess. We kind of just had what we had. We didn't really know what we were doing <laughs> to a point. And, uh and uh, once we got out of that first car we had, bought that second car of Brandon's. Um, we had a little more knowledge at that time, got a little more setup underneath it, and had a little more success. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Like Merle, you know, you know, from racing, you can get a lot of good friends and, and stuff from racing. And uh, Merle became one of my good friends from then. I loved racing with him, and I loved racing with Stevie and uh, and Dave. I mean, we uh, we went up to that Atlantic Championship that that last year and and raced with Jr. and the full, and the five of us really were just bumper to bumper I think for the last 50 laps straight and it was uh probably one of my favorite races I think I've, I've ever raced in it was at Atlantic Championship in uh, Shediac with the, with the five of us so it was uh, I, I really enjoyed the civics 
So then you make the move to legend cars. What, what prompted a move from, from the four cylinders up to the legend division? Uh, Shane changed cars. Um, after two years, Shane, Shane bought a legend car from Cy Harvey. Um, and then Shane ran it for the year and he was really, really enjoying the car. And, uh, he decided to talk me into, well, at the end of the year, we normally have a sponsor appreciation, fan appreciation thing that we rent the racetrack and we get everybody out to see the cars and stuff like that. So, uh, towards the end of it, Shane convinced me to jump in the legend car, um, give it a little try. And, uh, that, that was a dangerous move, I guess. <laughs> I think I liked it a little too much. And, uh, and then we, we picked one up that winter. I bought one from Jeff Bevan and was sitting around for a few years, a good family friend of ours. Um, I was out to look at it a few times and, uh, and it was just something that we ended up doing. And, and I love, I love legend cars. They're, they're a lot of fun, a completely out of control car to drive. It definitely took me a year or two kind of to really, uh, I don't know a nice way to say this, but really, uh, get aggressive with it, I guess. They're a really twitchy, quick little car. So. And, and you make that jump and you kind of had a little bit of success right off the hop, but want to get to the championship in, in just a moment, but we'll, uh, we'll bring Dylan Langell in here. Dylan, what are you seeing on social? Is there anything that we can throw at Andrew Lively yet? Hey, Andrew, just a lot of your fans uh, excited that you're on here, including Karen Goodall hurdle. She's fired up that you're on here. So uh, I I'm sure any lots of questions of why you're going from the legend to the sportsman. I don't know if we're going to wait on that. I'm very curious and, and curious if maybe uh, you're going to dabble in both in 2021 or is, or is legend racing done for you? Uh, no, I think there's the legend talk has definitely been still brought up. Um, one of my buddies actually ended up purchasing both my cars and uh, he actually helped me with one of my big sponsors. Um, uh, Quickwick is a new sponsor of ours that came through Frank Wall and, and Robbie Thompson. Robbie's the one that purchased both my race cars. And there's been a lot of talk on, uh, on maybe running some races here and there in, in my old car, which would be kind of cool just to jump back in your own car and, and not own it. <laughs> so uh, I think we'll definitely do that. Maybe some off weekends, obviously the sportsmen don't seem to race quite as often. Uh, we used to race on our off weekends. We used to pick up some tour races. So I guess we should have a few more off weekends in the sportsmen's versus the, versus the legend car. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. We, uh, we practice at the end of the year with both cars. Um, and, and there's definitely a big, big difference between jumping in a legend car and then running the sportsman car. We, uh, I was kind of breaking. I was kind of running some laps in my legend car at the same time. We had the sportsman car and jumping back and forth. And they're, uh, they're, they're quite, they're, they're definitely two different beasts for sure. We, we asked the, the previous guest because Curtis jumped from a four cylinder to a, a sportsman car. Mark best did the same thing. Has the legend step been able to help you a little bit compared to, you know, going from a four cylinder all the way up to that sportsman car. How big of a step has that, that been in, in your transition? I definitely think so. I think, I think a legend car, um, I mean, I've obviously only had the experience with two cars, but a legend car to me just seems like it's so out of control and it really teaches you good throttle control and car control. Um, I was really surprised jumping in the sportsman car of how, um, unrecon I guess, in control you are, I guess. Like it, it definitely felt more stable to the ground. You know, you got a bigger tire, you definitely got more horsepower, but, uh, the cars just kind of, they kind of slide different, but you're comfortable sliding because the legend cars, it's all you did. If you, if you weren't sliding, you weren't going fast enough. So uh, the sportsman definitely, when I jumped in it, um, I, I definitely, uh, I felt very comfortable in it right away. It, it's just, it was the size, I think that was the big adjustment, I guess, 
the, you know, the car is obviously, it's about the size of three legend cars. So it, it's definitely going to be a little bit adjusting as far as um, your distances and your clearances and your, and stuff like that. So it, uh, I think it helped huge. Uh, I think you could do it. You could definitely jump, make the jump from a Civic to a, a Sportsman if you wanted to, but I think the jump from the, to the legend now the Sportsman, I think uh, I'm a lot more comfortable, I guess, if you put it that way. Kind of jumping around here, but I want to ask about Robbie Thompson because you mentioned Robbie, big in Ontario, has won pretty much everything there is in Ontario in, in the you know the late nineties, early two thousands. Has made some some starts down south, uh, comes to to Atlantic Canada. Uh, how big is it to, to have him on, on board on your team? Uh, I think it's huge. Uh, uh, Robbie, he's very knowledgeable. Um, you know, he was uh, he was crew chief and stuff on Pinky's cars, and he was very involved in those type of cars. So. He's given me a lot of advice so far on, on setups and different things like that. As much as, you know, Corey Hall, I mean, he's still very involved. Um, you know, I seem to still talk to Corey at least once a week about picking his brain about something, you know, Corey's not a sportsman guy, but you know, Corey seems to have knowledge about everything. So it, uh, it's, it, he's a good guy to pick, pick his brain to Corey and, and, uh, and definitely Robbie. Robbie seems to be very knowledgeable when it comes to these cars different things and, and Shane Shane's been the same thing Shane's got a lot of experience now from uh from Craig's long white's car and you know Craig's got the new car up there now so we can kind of look back and forth that and see the differences in cars and things like that but they're um it, it, we definitely have some really good people around us and some really good help around us so yeah I, I think we should be able to come into this season with with hopefully some good success I really really want to get back to some winning winning ways I mean we had that championship last year uh, which was huge for us, but I, I definitely want to get some checker flags again. <sighs> and and I'll, I'll kind of segue into that because we had Braden on the show a couple of weeks ago and we talked about that championship from his standpoint. And we've, we've talked about it before where if you win two or more races, you're starting at the back every single week. And with the competition that we had in the, in the quantity of cars that we had, you know, pushing 20 cars each week or more uh, every single week in that legend car division, how much, for you to win that championship was, was balancing the, the, the point structure and the way the lineups were and, and trying to, you know, get those checkered flags. I mean, I think we, you know, it, it's definitely not a debate whether we want to win or not want to win. I mean, we always want to win for sure. And when you're racing guys like Braden, you know, we, uh, we are points leader pretty early in the season. So, you know, we're starting at the very, very back, just, just ahead of him. So he, uh, luckily to Braden, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty clean and, he, and it's kind of nice because you can hop in behind him and he just seems to kind of, find a little path through the field and you kind of just fall into the field. So, you know, we kind of just use the approach of keep our cars good. Don't have failures. Um, you know, stay out of trouble. We, we try not to wreck race cars um, and just try to be there at the end. So, you know, we, we had lots of, we've definitely had lots of podium finishes, but that, that, that win is definitely, we've had some nights that we've been really, really close. And uh, I, I would just really like to get back to that win column, but it's, it's a hard thing with Scotia Speed World to have wins and then try to come from back in, in, uh, in win points championships. You, you see it, you see it across all the series. Um, it's just, it's very difficult to do. You know, I think that season Braden, I think Braden went, uh, I think he had issues the first two or three races. And I think he went like 10 straight races of, of podium finishes. Right. So we had to stay pretty consistent each, each week ourselves in order to uh, even stay in points contention championship is huge regardless what you're racing or where you're racing but how big was that 2019 championship with all the competition that you had every single week and all these these youngsters these teenagers coming up through the ranks coming out through bandoleros and you know hitting their stride early in the year 
uh, I, I think it's huge for us. Um, you know, I, I took a lot of suggestions from Paul Gould. You know, Paul, Paul seems to kind of race that kind of same style, and we we were definitely racing under the you know the two of us were racing and Corey all kind of stable. And uh, I kind of went to Paul a lot for stuff because I think our our driving style kind of suits the same thing versus Craig and Corey kind of had their own kind of style. Like they're you know we're kind of just two different styles. So um, uh, I, I would say Paul kind of helped a lot with that situation with the championship and how huge it was for us. Um, but, but advice from him and stuff, it, it definitely helped us out large uh, when it came to that whole championship run. I think after the, the 18 season, um, you know, points weren't really a big thing to us. I think we were still trying to improve. And uh, we got to the end of that season, like two, two races ago, and we were only like 12 points back. And I think I kind of said to myself at that point was, if I would have picked up that extra couple positions or not let somebody go or, or um, you know, got a couple extra positions in a heat race, you know, we could have probably won that championship that year. And I think up until that point, um, I didn't really think it was possible. So I think going into the 19th season, that's just what I did. I just took every position I could possibly get and stay out of trouble as much as I possibly could, I guess, is, is kind of is what I credit to. And then a good team. We had a couple nights that we had some, some things break and we had some misfortune in, in, a, in a, a feature race that we, we got sent to the back for a, a spin that we didn't really do, but just a missed call on the track and uh, got in a wreck right down the green flag lap. We, we took the oil cooler, everything out of the car. So luckily for us, we uh, spilt enough oil on the track <laughs> and the caution was long enough that the crew was able to put a new oil cooler, everything back in the car. And we went, uh, luckily it was a 50 lap night and, uh, and we went from, I think, uh, 19th and we got all the way back up to fourth, I think is where we got to. So, you know, those type of nights when you have a good crew behind you, you know, they make championships as well, right? It's not just drivers, not just car. It's your, it's your team and your, and your guys around you, right? Races are won and lost in the shop. It's oh. not just a cliche. It's, oh. it's definitely how it, how it works. Uh, we're here with Andrew Lively, driver, the number 25 late model sportsman, making that move up after the 2019 championship in legend cars. Uh, we got a few more minutes left here. Uh, we're going to probably go in about 9.45 or so, maybe a little bit later. Push, uh, push Paul a little bit uh, uh, to the limits. We'll get the Trans Service Cup Series coming up on Bidane TV a little bit later on. But uh, Dylan, what's, uh, what's going on, on on Facebook? What do you see in there? All right, Andrew, Richard Atkinson is wondering, with the sportsman, are you planning to hop over the border if the bubble opens up soon? So a 660 or a Petty or maybe a Shediag, would you dabble in any of those tracks in your sportsman car? Uh, I mean, we definitely ran, uh, you know, one of the advantages of, of COVID this year, if you want to say any advantages, uh, was the fact that we got to try out some tracks that we've, we've kind of dabbled in a little bit, but not major racing. So uh, we ran... I think four or five races in Petty this year. That, that's a really fun track. I really enjoyed Petty. So I'd like to get back to Petty again. And, um, and Cape Breton was a lot of fun in a legend car. So I'm assuming a, a sportsman car would be just as fun. So I'd love to do it. I mean, we'll see what the season brings. I, th I think, you know, championship racing to us would be our main priority. Uh, you know, we'll see what COVID brings this year as far as racing. But um, I, I would love to definitely get up to Petty and, uh, and I'd definitely like to get to keep red as well. But our main focus is definitely championship racing this year. Nathan Blackburn wrote, enjoyed racing with you in the past few seasons, Andrew. Good luck in your next step. So some kind words from one of your fellow competitors. But that, that's a young gun right there. So you, you kind of mentioned you're racing with younger guys, and now you're going to be moving up kind of a, to a, a, a division that's got more seasoned vets. Is that going to be a big adjustment for you too, going from driving around a lot of rookies to uh, some older drivers? 
Uh, I don't think. I mean, I mean, you know, some of your rookies, you know, even like Nathan, I mean, as bad as it seems, I don't really consider Nathan a rookie. I guess he, he seems like he's been around almost since I started legend racing. So uh, Nathan was never one that uh, they were ever concerned about really being around. He was always uh, he was always competitive. He always had good speed. So uh, um, I think the sportsman. I mean, there's uh, I think you kind of get the same mix. You know, you got guys you got to that are really, really fast and competitive. And I think you're like any class, I think you're going to have guys you got to be careful of. And you got guys that are going to be ridiculously fast. You're always trying to chase. So um, I don't think age is, is, is all of it. I think it just, we, we needed a little change and we want to try something different. And uh, I want to get to a bigger full body car that you get back to a little bit of rubbing. I think the, the civics you could, you know, if you're quick, you could get up the next car and you could do a little rubbing versus the legend cars. You, you did not want to stick your, your nose underneath a, a car and a legend car because you'd be flipping upside down like Nathan knows. I mean, <laughs> I've never ever seen, a, never seen something so, uh, so violent. Uh, then I see Nathan take that tumble, whatever that was, two years ago. Um, you just get to really be careful with wheel contact in those legend cars. With the rules at Riverside and Scotia being more aligned with a sportsman series of both tracks, are you thinking of dabbling at both or maybe just sticking to Scotia for this year? I think for this season, when we talked, we talked about, I mean, in the, in the legend car, typically what we do is we run all Scotia and then we seem to always hit at least the river, the IWK weekend we used to always try to do. And um, we always seem to do at least one race in Petty. Uh, we haven't been to Oyster Bed. I think since my rookie season and, and that's a fun track too. I, I love to go back there again as well. Um, but Riverside, um, I guess we were kind of hesitant towards Riverside because of sealed engine rule. But I, th- I think I heard that they're not, I don't know if you know that Tim, but I think they're allowing the open engines at Riverside this year. Thought I, heard. I, I believe so. They're, they're working together on rules. I, I didn't take a look at them. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I think that's what I heard. So I, that was something that was stopping us because this, this car here was uh, Fred Schofield's car and it's got a Ford 351, but it's an, it's open engine. It's not, there's no tags on it. So Riverside, I believe always had a tag rule. You had to have a sealed engine to run it. So um, up until recently, there was no talks of running Riverside because of, because of the engine, I guess for the season. But I guess now that I, I think I have heard that you are allowed to run an open engine now. Um, I've been talking to Lawrence a little bit back and forth. He's been a huge help as far as the, transition of rules and, and what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do. So uh, I think he did mention that, uh, that the, the unsealed engine would be allowed this season in Riverside. So we'll see where it takes us. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens early and, and just see where it goes. So that Riverside weekend's always a, it's a, it's a really fun weekend to go up there and, uh, and spend the week up there. Shane also wrote that uh, it kind of seems like you're blaming him for the racing addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody started it, right? It's uh, and he didn't he didn't get blamed for just one either. He got blamed for the Civic and he got blamed for right. <laughs> but no, uh, it's a uh, it's an addiction, but it's it's definitely it's uh, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing something else, getting me in trouble. So I think I think this is a at least you can get some sponsorship in this, and you can you can pay for your fun. Uh, uh, with some sponsorship it's out of your own money yeah hockey doesn't pay the bills right oh god no no definitely <laughs> not my hockey skills either uh, you, you mentioned one name uh where you got that car and that's fred schofield uh, fred's been around this for for decades and and a lot of respect in, in the pit area for for fred uh has he given you any pointers as to what to expect in, in this late model sports division 
Uh, we've definitely talked. I got to give Fred a call again soon. He uh, Fred's a very, very intelligent guy. It seems like he 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 knows his stuff, and he's a he seems to be an innovator, I guess, as far as as far as doing things. So um, I got to contact Fred's very open. He says, you know, anytime you need a hand or anytime you need advice, give me a call. So we we talked to him a bit when we first got the car. Uh, we ran those first two practices with the car at the end of the season. Um, but over the winter, I haven't been in huge contact with him, but, uh, I think I, I got a long list of questions I have to ask just to, to, you know, finalize a few things. But you look at this season, obviously trying to win, uh, try to get up into victory lane. The Debbie Hallahan Memorial rookie of the year award would, would be one at, at Scotia speed world. What else do you have on your radar, uh, for at least races at Scotia or goals for, for Scotia for the sportsman? Um, I mean, the rookie of the year would be huge for sure. I mean, we, we are definitely, uh, you know, I think setting our goals high, but I think you need to set your goals high, but you know, we're going to go, we're going to try to go championship racing. We're going to try to, you know, do what we can try to run the same structure, keep the car good, uh, try to have good finishes each week and just see where it takes us. Um, but, but I love to get back in victory lane. Uh, that would be a big goal this season. Try to get some, get a few wins. We haven't had any since that last year, the civic. So it's been, it's been three years since we had a, a victory. So, um, I'd love it for my team and for our sponsors to, to get a victory. But, you know, if it, if it comes down to a championship or a win, it's, it's going to be a championship. So that's, uh, you know, we'll just do what you got, we'll do what we got to do for the, for the big picture, I guess. And when you've been running with these, these championships, you mentioned the, the four cylinder division where you had Dave and Stevie and, and Merle and, and those guys racing for a title uh, the last couple of years has been Braden Langell, Emily Meehan and, uh, those, those drivers that, that know how to be in it for the long haul, the points race, the last couple of years, it's been the likes of Devin Smith and Jordan Vino and Megan Parade, Alex Johnson, list goes on and on in that sportsman division that, you know, are going to be there at the end of the day. Uh, talk about those, those names coming in and, uh, for you, for you as a rookie, what, what are you thinking going in with, with those names that, you know, that, that are up there that have the experience. Well, I think that's the intimidating part is, you know, you get some of the guy, I mean, you know, you, you can't talk bad about Brady or those guys. I mean, those guys know how to win and they know how to do stuff at a young age, um, you know, but it is a little more intimidating when you get your Salters and your Vinos and stuff that are, you know, they're very experienced guys. They know, they know how to championship races or uh, racing. So, you know, they don't make the little mistakes. They don't make the little hiccups. They, they seem to kind of, you know, they seem capitalize a little more. So I think it's going to be a little more work. I think we're going to have to get the wins to win championships, I think in the sportsman class. Um, but I think mostly, you know, we're definitely gonna to have to keep out of trouble. Um, and hopefully what we got now, Fred seems like he's got a, a really good setup underneath the car. It's a Lonnie always did his setup on his car. So it's a, it's a Lonnie car. Um, so I've been talking to Lonnie a little bit um, just to get his opinion on some stuff. So we'll, we'll see where that takes us. Um, we have the setup that, that Fred gave us and we have some advice from, from Corey and Shane and, and Robbie Thompson. Uh, they all seem to have kind of a little bit of input on, you know, how to make the car turn and how to make it work. So we'll kind of just, uh, we'll go from there and just, you know, see if we can get some speed early. I like to start the season off with speed early, I guess. What color wheels are on that car over there? Yeah, they're not staying that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the first thing that Lonnie's going to mention when he sees this. Yeah, I was thinking that as soon as Curtis was <laughs> Crow rims do not belong in a race car, but Fred liked it. You know, you know the car. I've seen pictures of the car before he uh, before he sold to us, and the car looked good. I mean, it was he always had it looking clean, looking good. But uh, they don't. I don't like chrome rims, so the, the chrome rims will be coming off. But it just went back on wheels now 
probably about uh, about a week ago. It just went back on its wheels, and that's what we got right this second. So a new set of rims are a little too expensive to just toss brand new rims on it. So I may have to do a little bit of work and, and, and refinish those ones. You mentioned that car being on the ground now. We've got no snow in Halifax. Obviously, it's going to be a little while before we, we get to the point where we can test. But uh, how much work is left on that race car before it's ready to see the racetrack? We're pretty close now. We're probably, if I needed to, we, we could run a race next Friday if we, if we needed to. I mean, obviously, it still needs to be deckled and stuff, but it's it's really close right now. Um, the, the cars, right from the day we got it, it's been worked on. So we, we, did, we definitely put our own touches on it and, and did some upgrades and, and, and changed some things and fixed a couple little things that we, we thought we were a little concerned about. So there's been some upgrades to it. So hopefully, you know, little things we've done will, will pay off in the long run. Um, but, but we're pretty close. Uh, Corey actually called me the other day and asked me about testing and what the plan is. And, you know, so ho- hopefully Corey's one that's involved and maybe get Corey in the car because his opinion on stuff seems to be, you know, we did that last year with this legend car. We'd go up to Petty, uh, right before, um, the big race last year that me, Bray or Corey ran last year and Paul ran as well, the two cars. Um, and, and me and Corey just kept jumping back and forth. He'd jump in, he'd run in, say, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And I'd run in, and I and we just jump back and forth. So his feedback is huge. Uh, it seems like he, he's he's really smart. He, you know, you talk about young kids that are smart guys, but he's one of those guys that he uh, he's a fantastic driver, and he's a really smart, smart guy on the car as well. I, I see why King's got him. Denver, you've been quiet over there, but I see the wheels turning in your head. What do you got for Andrew Lively? So Andrew, you mentioned you haven't won in a couple of years. Is there any particular race that you look back on and think what could have been? Oh, I, yeah, there's definitely a few. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like using words luck. I don't, I don't think luck is a – I don't like using that word as anything. But we've had a few that we, we just we just got the wrong thing at the wrong time. And we had one last, last season, championship year. We were making the pass for the lead right underneath. And, and Brain got a big run on the back of us in, in – uh, Brain kind of went to bump me on the back. His bumper somehow, how what do you have, went right underneath my bumper in a, in a clip, like the legend bumpers kind of sit like this. So he went like this, and we were just caught together. So we fell from – we were making the pass for first, I guess, at the time. And uh, and we got caught and fell backwards to, to third. And it once, I mean, credit to Braden. I don't know how he got the car shook loose that he got it shook loose, and we didn't wreck doing it. Uh, and we ended up finishing, I think, uh, second and third to Tyler. I think Tyler ended up winning the race. But, you know, little ones like that, they just kind of sneak by you that, you know, you, you, you had really good cars on certain nights and you just something happened or a little incident happened that you kind of got caught in or something like that. But it's uh, yeah, there's definitely a few that I, I feel like we we probably had a, definitely a good enough car. We could want we could have won and just just didn't work out or or things like that. But. We're here with Andrew Lively. We're, we're running a little bit low on time, but still a couple of moments to, to throw in some questions, some comments. Uh, Dylan, what are you seeing on, on social? It's quiet. I don't know why everyone's being so quiet. The man's still here, but uh, we're, we're covering a lot of great stuff, though, Andrew. And I'm looking forward to seeing you transition to the sportsman car. And it's always cool to, to see drivers uh, kind of hopscotch in, in different uh, series. Is there any other series here in the Maritimes or Atlanta, Canada you, you'd like to dip your toes in before it's all said and done? Uh, I mean, I would, I'd love to get new pro stock, but I think uh, the problem with pro stocks is for one, it's, it's, you know, and we, we see with Craig a bit, um, you know, Shane's very involved with Craig, but 
it's really hard for a small a smaller team to run a pro stock car the, the budget and the money is just such a large amount of money um to be competitive that um i think that'd be very difficult but i you know i'd love to think of that but you know i, I got two younger kids i got a 11 and an eight year old that uh that are starting to get ridiculously busy with the hockey and stuff like that so i don't know if the traveling would be uh something i could do a lot of i don't think i could do a maritime you know maritime pro stock tour um going away every weekend either so the weekly racing costs um seems to work right now you know maybe years down the road when kids get older and they want nothing to do with me anymore then uh <laughs> then maybe we'll talk about it then but i think for right now i think the weekly racing to me just seems to suit my lifestyle and uh and you know we talked about if 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 scotia had a weekly pro stock tour it might be something we'd look at but it's uh right now i think the sportsman's about the farthest we can go for right now with with my type of lifestyle so I want to ask about your, your activation on social media and you, you mentioned the fans as well and, and trying to get them in. How important is, is that side? Because I think that's, that's sort of lost in some of the teams uh, trying to tie that all together. How important is that for you to, to tie the social media together and keep your fans engaged and ultimately keep your sponsors engaged too? Well, I think that's to me, I mean, that's one of the largest things. I mean, the fans are, are, are definitely all of it. Um, and we, we do our best to try to keep, um, our social media, you know, it's, it's, it's the best free advertising you can possibly do. It's a, it's a website built around, um, you can do all the advertising in the world, not pay a cent to do it. So, um, to us, those type of platforms are huge to us that we can, you know, we can promote our 15 sponsors and, uh, and, and it doesn't cost us money to do it. So, you know, um, to me, it's massive. I think the more followers we get, the more people we get, the more people that see our companies and, and we do our, um, our sponsor profiles. We try to do one every you know couple of weeks. We try to do these sponsor profiles that we do right up on our sponsors. Uh, my mother-in-law, Karen, and my wife, Crystal, you know, we, we kind of put something together all, all together and, and they make me seem like I'm a lot smarter than I am and they make them look professional and, uh, and do the, and, and, uh, and we release those and, and hopefully the sponsors really, really like them. And, the, you know, hopefully the, the fans and, and people that read it actually use the companies and actually, uh, you know, give the profit back to those companies. You know, we have a lot of companies that if I didn't have those big companies supporting us, we would never be able to race. It's just not, uh, it wouldn't be feasible, right? A young, you know, I got a young kids and young family. You, you can't, you can't go spend thousands and thousands of dollars each year racing. So it's, uh, it's very, very important to us that we treat our sponsors the best we can and keep our sponsors from year to year. Uh, we have a lot of, companies that have been with us since day one and uh and i hope it's based on our social stuff and our the way we represent represent them and uh the way we treat them so that, that's that's what i hope so and i'll ask you about those sponsors in a bit but before we get to that i want to ask one more question about fans we obviously ran one race last year without fans in the stands at scotia speed world but uh the fans being there and i want to ask about the sign crew because we've we've been to every racetrack around here there's no fan base like that crew and i think they've kind of built you know you get signs at the racetrack now at scotia speed world you you get the i don't want to say fan rivalries but that, that that's almost about where where it is with the, yeah. some of those sportsman teams so uh how cool is it to have them there at the racetrack every single week in the front row uh, cheering you guys on they're huge i mean they they put a smile on your face even in the race car you drop on you see you know they, they have those signs they do amazing jobs with signs and uh it's important to us that they they support us and they uh they do a great job and they, you know, it's, it's something they don't have to do. It's, it's, you know, something they, 
they seem like they love it and they love the sport. And, uh, you know, to us to have something as small as just doing logos for them or, or putting their logos on the cars that they, it just seems huge to us. Cause it's nice having that type of sport, right? We have, uh, we have a couple of families that are just big supporters of us and, uh, they stop by the shops once in a while and check things out. And, uh, it's nice having those people around. They're just, uh, they, they make you feel kind of important, I guess. Well, you're the star, star of the show when you're on the racetrack, though. It, it, it kind of has the the importance, I guess, to kind of build up around it, right? Especially the kids, right? The kids get so excited. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, how exciting it was to see see the drivers and see the cars. And, uh, you know, we have this little guy, Landon. Um, he, he's he's probably our number one fan. I'd say he's he's very involved as far as the racing. He's, he comes up to the shop and he jumps on the simulator and wants to race in the racing. And he uh, he came up on his birthday last year to Petty when we we finished third up there. He, he came up that day and he thought it was the coolest, coolest experience ever. Cause the petty, you can, you know, the kids are allowed in the pits and petty. So he thought it was the coolest thing to come hang out in the trailer and, uh, and hang with us for a while, but it's cool to see how excited they get. Um, you know, you can see Braden, Braden there with that little guy that seems to love him. It's, it's, it's cool to see, you know, the, the, the kids that are around each driver and how much they really get excited and how much they, uh, they love the racing. This has been great catching up, Andrew, but we're, we're running short of time here. I want to get your, uh, your sponsors and your crew and everybody that, that helps you get to the racetrack every week uh, in there and give their due. Who's on this race car and, and who helps you get to the racetrack? There's a long list because, I mean, I'm telling you, we have, we have a lot of great, great sponsors. But uh, quick quick with Frank Wall and Robbie Tom, uh, Thompson, he, uh, he helps us huge. KJ Barrett, he's, uh, he's massive with our signs, our decals, our trailer our toolboxes. He, he decals just what anything we got, uh, presidential ventilation. They've been there since day one. They're huge. Uh, we got a brand new sponsor through Janet King. Um, they're going to jump on board this year. Uh, Simon says a big company. They're, uh, they're a work order based building management company. They're on for the second year. Um, green Arbor landscaping. They've been around since day one, uh, precision hydraulics, uh, penny concrete. He's been around for a couple of years. Uh, David Hibbs, you know, David Hibbs, he's got a tire shop up the road. He, he does all our tires and he takes care of our, our oil bill for us. So, uh, my buddy, OS, uh, extreme kettlebells, he's involved Keith and April Weber. They're, they're huge supporters, you know, they're out in Alberta. <laughs> they don't really get a whole lot of business out of what we do, but they're big supporters of us. So, uh, GS racing and Paul Gruland, they're, they're big supporters. They supported us last year, you know, something they didn't have to do, but they, uh, they jumped on and helped us a lot. So uh, Paul with his H&B car sales, he was, he was involved. And uh, I got three guys on the board this year. Um, we got this quick, quick sponsor that's, uh, it, it basically, the, their whole deal was we'll donate product. You take the product, you sell the product, there's your sponsorship. So they jumped on that deal with us. So we, we had uh, my buddy who owns Rustic Racks. Um, he jumped on. So he, he basically made a deal with me. If I could sell a certain amount of product, you put my name on your race car. So that, and, uh, Cindy's cafe girl at her work, she makes, uh, she makes food for us every day. She's been, she's been selling away and rustic racks. Uh, they've been selling everything, just trying to sell our product for us. And, uh, junior's brew house, he's going to supply us with some, uh, some beer for this season. And, uh, of course the, the sign crew, sign crew has been huge support of us. So, uh, they're always on the car as well, or the trailer, or where we can fit them on. The legends were a little difficult because you get 15 sponsors. They're hard to fit stuff on cars, but uh, they're on our trailer and uh, stuff. And then uh, CHR race cars. They've always been a big supporter since we started legends. And, you know, they're still a hit. Scott and Corey are both big supporters of us and, uh, and helping with even advice with sportsman cars. So, and uh, crew, crews, um, 
Mike Oliver, he's helped me since day one, since we started the civics, he's always been around and Steve Farrell, he, he had a little brief racing career. He jumped on with us, one of Kyle Gammon's buddies. So uh, really smart guys. Uh, my, my father, he's, he's been involved. Uh, my brother, Shane, um, Corey Hall again, and my wife and uh, my mother-in-law, they're, they're huge on the, the sponsor profile. So, all right. I think I got it all. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's a long list and we want to thank you for hopping on board as well. Cause it's, uh, it's helped us as well. You've seen the quick wick and the uh, presidential ventilation logos at the bottom of the screen here tonight. So we want to thank, uh, thank you for hopping on board with us. This has been fun. We could go on for another hour or so yeah. uh, with this, but, Wait. but, uh, I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. Paul, uh, Paul has a show to get to. We got a trans service cup series race. So we appreciate it, Andrew. Awesome. Uh, thank you for being a part of this and, uh, we'll, we'll catch up sooner rather than later, hopefully with the checker flag out the window. That's cool. behind Any, Anytime boys. Thank you. That's Andrew Lively, driver of the number 25. And uh, we're quickly going to bring Mr. Langel back in here. Uh, our partners are on the screen as well. Take a look at, at those that uh, have helped us throughout the, the season and uh, continue. And if you want to be a part of this on Tim's Corner, uh, hop on, send us a message, shoot us, a, uh, shoot us an email, shoot us a Facebook message and, and uh, let us know that you want to be a part of this. But boys, it's been fun. Uh, apparently, we've uh, got to get a hold of Owen Groves at some point. We can tell you that next week, Drew McEachern is coming on from the East Coast Mini Stock Tour. Uh, we mentioned earlier that there may be a schedule dropping this week. It may or may not be the Passion Flooring and Interiors East Coast Mini Stock Tour. Uh, we may save you something for Monday night, though, for, uh, for a special announcement on that. But can't say anymore. Don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But uh, Drew will be here next week with us. So uh, glad to have him along. And we'll, we'll have another guest or two. But uh, boys, this has been fun. Uh, final thoughts before we uh, ship this one out of here. We, well, we can just, go first we, this time. Thank you, sir. We we just <laughs> need, we, we just needed an Islander to make the Atlantic bubble. Why didn't we get another Islander guest in here quickly? But uh, no, it's great to have uh, Mark Curtis and Andrew here. I mean, three sports and drivers, two are essentially rookies, and one's a guy who's not very old but has been behind the wheel quite a bit. So it's always great to get those perspectives, and uh, just gets me more and more fired up for racing season coming up. And my calculations. We're about two months away. I think uh, Speedway Miramichi opens up on May 15th, right? Well, a little bit before that, right? Denver? But besides besides the, <laughs> besides the smash-up yes, race, yeah, the real yeah, race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two months from today is the official start to the uh, summer racing season. And it's it's coming up quick. Winter's flying by and we're heading into spring. So uh, anyone that uh, is maybe watching and hasn't been uh, working on their cars, this might be your wake-up call. You got two months. But uh, no, definitely another great show tonight. Uh, you know, all three champions in their own right and uh, some phenomenal personalities. And, you know, I, I've got to watch Curtis race a lot. And I, I hope I get to see Andrew and, and Mark this year too in the sportsman class. So it'll be fun to watch. And, uh, you know, looking forward to next week, Tim. Yeah, we want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, we also have a potentially a second show uh, coming up next week to preview that Easter Bunny winter demolition. But keep uh, keep tabs on the Facebook page for more information on that one. We've got Wednesday night coming up with the TCM Weekly iRacing Series. And uh, we may have some other stuff coming up down the road. But check out uh, Vidane TV for all your sim racing uh, shows we got one coming up in about 10 minutes so i've got to shut up so paul can get over there and uh, take care of that denver dylan thank you uh andrew lively curtis collins and mark best our guests this evening uh that's it for this evening here on tim's corner live until next week keep the hammer down we'll see you at the track